This podcast is the design of City Sites Urban Media, and our goal is to bring into focus the difference between culture and God's ideas found in His Word. To learn more, go to citysitesurbanmedia.com. More now, the Super Bowl, that stunning halftime show, Jennifer Lopez, Shakira, wowing millions, their performance making history. Who was there for it all? Who was right there on the field and up with us again this morning? None other than Michael Strahan. Michael. Hey, Robin, we've been talking about it for weeks. Could not wait for, for J-Lo and Shakira's halftime performance. And a lot of fans, they've anticipated an incredible show. And as they say, the hips don't lie and neither do the reviews. They crushed it. People really loved the show. And they had a great time. And they looked like they had a lot of fun. A lot of people focusing on the performance at the halftime of the Super Bowl. The halftime show. A lot of talk about the women and their performance. Oh, we're going to talk about the women and their performance. And it was a performance of women who, in my estimation, were degraded. It was degrading for women. For all women. And Many people are commenting on that. Many people are commenting on a culture that would let its children watch such a degrading program, such a sexually driven performance. Jennifer Lopez and Shakira took us to church with their electric performance at the 2020 Super Bowl halftime show. Did you guys think they killed it? Okay, I'm just saying, I was so proud to be Latina watching this show. And for me, seeing all those Latinos on the stage Mm -hmm. and singing Born in the USA and recognizing that we are part of the fabric of this country and that that is what makes America great. And I saw a lot of people also saying like, oh, it wasn't family friendly. I just want to say exposing your children to other cultures is family friendly. And um, I I think that... What in your culture may seem to be, oh, this is sexualized. For us, this is just dancing. And I think that that's important for people to recognize as well. This is the City Sites Podcast with Larry Kutzler. Well, about 100 million people tuned in recently for the Super Bowl. I am not sure if you tuned in to watch the halftime show or the football game or you had an interest in all the creative commercials, but some people who stayed tuned through the halftime were a little bit perturbed over what they saw. Today, I want to talk about that because there has been a lot of controversy. There were a lot of people who really loved the show and thought it was cultural and it had a great political message for Puerto Ricans, but there were others that said, well, not so much. Our family was watching. It was a little bit sexually driven. And today I have Chris Hebe with me from Chosen People Ministries to help me unpack some of the controversy that surrounded the halftime show during the Super Bowl game. So Chris Heeb is with me as so often he is because he is not opinionated. <laughs> right? You're not opinionated? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you're with me because you are opinionated. So what's the big deal, Chris? I mean, let's face it. And if you go to Las Vegas and you go to one of the shows, it's not going to be any different than what you see there. Yeah, but Larry, you're paying to get in. You know what you're going to be getting for a product. Uh, Larry, I have to tell you, I happened to be at a friend's place watching the Super Bowl, and the, the game was a great game. And Demi Lovato, whatever, if that's her name, she did a great job with the national anthem, which I really appreciate. But, Larry, I felt so assaulted by this show. I usually don't watch the halftime show because I usually, you know, get food, etc. Well, Larry, I was shocked. And 
I'm going to make an admission to the audience here. I want to say in my mid-20s, I happened to be in Florida uh, visiting some friends, and we you know, we went out on the boat fishing, and we came in, and they said, Chris, we got special stuff we're going to do tonight, and uh, we're going to go to a great buffet, you name it, etc. And before I knew it, we were in a strip club, and I was shocked. And I said, wait a minute. I'm a really young Christian, and I don't want to be exposed to this. I think women are fantastic, but I think it's degrading for them and for me. It took me a while before I was able to actually leave, and I sat in the car. But the point is, when you turn your television on, you vote with the switch, right? The clicker. HBO Showtime, where you can get R-rated or NC-17 stuff, you have control over it. They took license, and the largest TV audience in the world every year is this show. And I am sorry, it was, to me, pornography. And it was solid pornography. It was so degrading, at least for me. And I put out a thing on my Facebook. And I have like 5,000 people on my Facebook. Okay. It, I had more responses than ever before on this. And I have a lot of people that are not Christians on my Facebook because I want to engage them. And I got more responses than ever before. And yes, the, the callous people said, turn it off, stop whining. And then I wanted to say, well, wait a minute. None of us signed up for this. <laughs> Lopez's outfits were very much a hot topic of discussion. The 50-year-old star wore tight, revealing bodysuits designed by Versace throughout the show. Many viewers praised Lopez for proving that women can still be sexy at 50, while more conservative Super Bowl viewers criticized her for being inappropriate. Lopez's sensual halftime performance involved more than just racy outfits. Her dance moves were also pretty suggestive. Some critics blasted J.Lo for doing, quote, explicit dances in a show that children could be watching. One person wrote on Twitter, J.Lo pole dancing was clearly the female empowerment halftime show we all needed. It wasn't just an immoral dance. It was also political. It was about the Puerto Ricans. It was about Trump. It was about his policies, about immigration. I had thought that the halftime show, at least in the past, was all entertainment. I mean, when they had the Stones and, you know, Paul McCartney, I mean, it was music that uh, of their era. It was an attempt at entertainment anyway. Well, it, yes, yeah. but it wasn't offensive. But how do you deal with the idea that I think it was one of, I think it was J-Lo which said, well, hey, listen, this is just our culture. And this is Latinos dancing. But that's true. The dance wasn't all that bad, even though there were some gyrations that looked sexual. It was the outfits of the two women, I think, that as a man looking at it, I'm going, that's pretty skimpy. I'm hoping they don't have a wardrobe malfunction, because if you do, you got a couple of naked women up there. Well, you're talking about the Janet Jackson, I can't remember the guy's name. There was a I think it was an intentional wardrobe malfunction, and it caused a avalanche of complaints, right? Because there was a woman fully exposed there, at least her top was. To say that this is their culture, somebody had a, a timer on the crotch grabbing. They were doing pole dancing. Now, we had no small kids in the room where we were in, but I looked at my teenage kids and the people that were there could not look away from these women. You know what, Larry? Where was the view? Where is the feminists? Where are the me two people. We're all the people that should have said, wow, unacceptable. I mean, Larry, I want a $10 million fine. I want to have assurances that I'm not going to be forced to watch soft porn. Well, I think 
Just my opinion, if it was white women, you would have had those people come out. But because you had Latino and people of color, you're not going to be critical of that. That's culture, and you don't criticize a person's culture. And that's what J-Lo and Shakira were saying, that this is our culture. We simply dance as a culture. And that's true. They're a culture of rhythm, but I think it was the suggestive sexual dancing as well as the skimpy outfits. And I think the whole political thing, I think, was wrong. You know, Larry, there was a guy named Gil Smart. How do you like that? Gil Smart. He wrote an op-ed for the USA Today magazine, and he had a lot of guts to do it. He wrote, he goes, look at should the Super Bowl have a parental warning on it? Yes. Was the Super Bowl halftime show obscene? Yes. I think if America does not wake up, we will have permanent, outrageous... I mean, what are we waiting for, Larry? Are we waiting for people to actually have full-blown sex on television because it's their right? I think the degrading human sexuality, there is no standards anymore. The other question I had is where are the spiritual leaders? I know Franklin Graham especially spoke out, and he was terribly criticized for it, but he said basically the same thing you're saying. But I'm wondering where the religious leaders are because you need to talk about morality, and that's what we're talking about here on this family-friendly three hours of entertainment, and nobody's really saying too much about it. It's supposed to be rated G. By the way, Larry, I haven't seen cheerleaders on television for about 10 years in the Super Bowl, okay? They got shut down by the feminists saying it's degrading to show women in scantily clad exercise, whatever, and cheering for a team. Okay, fine, which I thought was an overreaction, but they went way above and beyond this. By the way, you had a clip who said that these women took us to church. Look Mm -hmm. at, I've been to Hispanic church. You've been to Hispanic church. God-fearing Catholics, you don't get to dress up half naked and jump up on the stage and do a pathetic gyration. You would be ridiculed. There was none of that. I heard that this was the greatest Super Bowl halftime show of all time. You have got to be kidding me. What are we talking about here? And by the way, Larry, I heard that the Super Bowl committee refused a pro-life a video spot which was going to cost them $11 million. And they said, no, it's too offensive. It's too polarizing. Well, you you want to talk about polarizing and offensive? For women, when it comes to being objectified in ads, there's apparently a difference. A study published in the Journal of Psychological Science suggests women feel better about sexual imagery in ads for luxury products than they do about sexual imagery in ads for cheaper products. Researchers led by the University of Minnesota's Dr. Kathleen Voss showed 47 women ads for watches priced randomly at either $1,250 or 10 bucks. What they found was when associated with the more expensive product, the women felt less emotionally upset than when sexual imagery was associated with the cheaper product. According to the study, using sex to promote an expensive product does just that by associating sex with high value. Listening to that clip gives me the impression that if the image is selling something or in a high profile, say for example, halftime show, 
the images are more acceptable, or if the images are associated with a cultural tradition, then it's probably okay. And that's the kind of perception I think we're getting from people who supported this kind of halftime program, that it's okay because, after all, it was sanctioned by the NFL. It's a high-profile entertainment by two Latino women. It's certainly okay to present these kind of images. Right or wrong? Good question. I think using these kind of sexual images to promote a product or a halftime show is just staying stuck in the same sexual abuse mode that the culture has been in for a long time. We can have all the Me Too movements you want, but until we begin to change images and change the way that we look at women and how women perform before an audience, I think we're going to continue to have some problems. We're all sort of part of the problem until we make some changes. Somebody ran the numbers. There was at least a billion people watching, and if you use those numbers, 300 million plus kids, minimum. And they were exposed to something that is totally unacceptable. I can't believe with the Me Too movement in this country and this monster pedophile who just died, I think he was murdered, that's my opinion, Jeffrey Epstein, that we had didn't have an outcry from the Me Too movement. Hey, this is what we're talking about, the objectification of women. Well, then that's a huge issue, Chris, and you're right. We should be speaking up whether we're Christian or not, but I do think that uh, we need to be having our voices heard, and there are reasons why we do not feel that this is right for the dignity of women. Well, we just dramatically lowered the bar uh, for women all over, and one of the main problems in our society, there is no fear of God, and that's what really it gets back to. Chris, you know that people will always say, well, you can't legislate morality. You can't impose or put your template of morality over culture. And that's what some people would accuse us of doing today with this podcast. However, doesn't God want us to be salt and light? Aren't we supposed to be the voice of morality in the world to call upon the consciences of good people to do what's right? Isn't that part of the job of the church? You know, Larry, you and I talk about this stuff ad nauseum, but there's two things that the church, for the most part, is not involved in. One is the Great Commission. It's really the great omission. I mean, how many Christians actually engage their neighbors, their co-workers, etc.? They don't want to risk offending them because of the backlash. Okay, God actually gives us a warning that we're supposed to be salt and light. What is salt? It's actually a preservative and a corrosive material. It is intended to get into the pores of society. We're supposed to be an irritant, a significant irritant in our culture when it goes astray, and that is by letting them know this is unacceptable. Even if their morality is dead and they have no conscience of God, we need to be doing that. It's part of our job occupation. Well, before refrigeration, salt, as you say, was a preservative. It kept the meat and other foods from rotting. Right. Larry, we're not doing it. Well, today's topic, I'm sure, is very controversial in a lot of different Christian circles. But the question still is, is this something that I am okay with? Is it okay that we can uh, objectify women and be okay with that? in the name of entertainment or in the name of personalities, is that okay? And should we have a voice, a moral voice to say enough? We raise our little girls to view their bodies as projects to constantly be improved. 
Advertising often trivializes battering, sexual assault, and even murder. Girls are growing up thinking that how they look is more important than how they feel or who they are and what they can do. Movie directors say nudity is about art. But then why are women nude in movies three times as much as men? Or in Game of Thrones six times as much? That doesn't seem like art. So, female nudity and objectification. Hollywood often uses nudity to turn women into sex objects. Which is a big problem since studies show women are people. But since producers know that breasts and butts fill up theaters, they use women's naked bodies as advertisements. And second off, every time Hollywood makes money by saying women are sex objects, they send that message straight to our kids. Thank you for joining us today. Every Friday we bring you this podcast with interviews with people who are challenging the status quo of Christianity and challenging the cultural norms of our day. Please help us get the word out by sharing the link to this podcast with your online friends and family. Our website also contains other podcasters who are part of the City Sites network of communicators all sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Our website is citysitesurbanmedia.com.